Welcome back to American Political Paradox Podcast. All of you are new listener, welcome to this unique political podcast. Today I will be informing you about Nancy Pelosi announcing that she will not be seeking re-election to House leadership in 2023. So, let's get started. First, I'll be playing a 15-minute video of her and Nancy Pelosi speaking on... I think it was November 17th, last, and this, is being record, this episode is being recorded on November 21st, 2022, so just give you a timeline of what is going on, and then I'm going to give you a little bit about the, about the news, about Nancy Pelosi's tenure throughout the House, for how many years through in the House, even though she is not retiring from Congress yet, which I'll talk about that too. So let's get started here. Madam Speaker, as we gather here, we stand on sacred ground, the chamber of the United States House of Representatives, the heart of American democracy. I will never forget the first time I saw the Capitol. It was on a cold January day when I was six years old. My father, Thomas D'Alessandro Jr., was about to be sworn in for his fifth term in Congress representing our beloved hometown of Baltimore. I was riding the car with my brothers and they were thrilled and jumping up and down and saying to me, Nancy, look, Nancy, look, there's the Capitol. And I keep, every time I'd say, I don't see any Capitol. Is it a capital A, a capital B, or a capital C? And finally, I saw it. A stunning white building with a magnificent dome. I believed then, as I believe today, this is the most beautiful building in the world because of what it represents. The Capitol is a temple of our democracy, of our constitution, of our highest ideals. On that day, On that day, I stood with my father on this floor as he took the sacred oath to support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. All of us who have served in this house have taken the hallowed oath of office. And it is the oath that stitches us together in a long and storied heritage, colleagues, who served before us are all our colleagues. Colleagues like Abraham Lincoln, Daniel Webster, Shirley Chisholm, Patsy Mink, and our beloved John Lewis. Personally, it binds me as a colleague to my father, a proud New Deal congressman and one of the earliest Italian Americans to serve in the Congress. And this is an oath we are duty bound to keep and it links us with the highest aspirations of the ages. In this room, our colleagues across history have abolished slavery, granted women the right to vote, established social security and Medicare, offered a hand to the weak, care to the sick, education to the young, and hope to the many. Indeed, it is here under the gaze of our patriarch, George Washington, in the people's house that we have done the people's work. My colleagues, I stand before you as Speaker of the House, as a wife, a mother, a grandmother, a devout Catholic, a proud Democrat, and a patriotic American, a citizen of the greatest republic in the history of the world. which President Lincoln called the last best hope on earth. Indeed, in the words attributed to another of our colleagues, the legendary Daniel Webster, he said, hold on my friends to the constitution of your country and the government established under it. Miracles do not cluster. That which has happened but once in 6,000 years cannot be expected to happen often. 
Indeed, American democracy is majestic, but it is fragile. Many of us here have witnessed its fragility firsthand, tragically, in this chamber. And so democracy must be forever defended from forces that wish it harm. Last week, the American people spoke, and their voices were raised in defense of liberty, of the rule of law, and of democracy itself. With these elections, the people stood in the breach and repelled the assault on democracy. They resoundedly rejected violence and insurrection, and in doing so, gave proof through the night that our flag was still there. And now we owe to the American people our very best to deliver on their faith, to forever reach for the more perfect union, the glorious horizon that our founders promised. The questions before this Congress and in this moment are urgent. Questions about the ideals that this House is charged by the Constitution to preserve and protect establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. Our posterity, our children. Babies born today will live into the next century, and our decisions will determine their future for generations to come. While we will have our disagreements on policy, we must remain fully committed to our shared fundamental mission, to hold strong to our most treasured democratic ideals, to cherish the spark of divinity in each and every one of us, and to always put our country first. In their infinite wisdom, our founders gave us their kind, their guidance, e pluribus unum, from many one. They could not have imagined how large our country would become or how different we would be from one another, but they knew we had to be united as one. We the people, one country, one destiny. It's been with great pride in my 35 years in the House, I have seen this body grow more reflective of our great nation, our beautiful nation. When I came to the Congress in 1987, there were 12 Democratic women. Now they're over 90, and we want more. The new members of our Democratic Caucus will be about 75% women, people of color, and LGBTQ. And we have brought more voices to the decision-making table. When I entered leadership in 2002, there were eight of us. Today, there are 17 members of the leadership. When I first came to the floor at six years old, never would I have thought that someday I would go from homemaker to house speaker. In fact, I never... (laughs) In fact, I never intended to run for public office. Mommy and Daddy taught us through their example that public service is a noble calling and that we all have a responsibility to help others. In our family, my brother Tommy then became mayor of Baltimore also. But it's been my privilege to play a part in forging extraordinary progress for the American people. I have enjoyed working with three presidents, achieving historic investments in clean energy with President George Bush. (laughs) 
transformative health care reform with President Barack Obama. And forging and forging the future from infrastructure to healthcare to climate action with President Joe Biden. <laughs> now we must move boldly into the future, grounded by the principles that have propelled us this far and open to fresh possibilities for the future. Scripture teaches us that for everything, there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. My friends, no matter what title you all, my colleagues have bestowed upon me, speaker, leader, whip, there is no greater official honor for me than to stand on this floor and to speak for the people of San Francisco. This I will continue to do as a member of the House, speaking for the people of San Francisco, serving the great state of California and defending our constitution. And with great confidence in our caucus, I will not seek reelection to democratic leadership in the next Congress. For me, the hours come for a new generation to lead the democratic caucus that I so deeply respect. And I'm grateful that so many are ready and willing to shoulder this awesome responsibility. Madam Speaker, standing here today, I'm endlessly grateful for all of life's blessings, for my Democratic colleagues whose courage and commitment with the support of your families have made many of these accomplishments possible. In fact, could not have been done without you. For my dear husband, Paul, who has been my beloved partner in life and my pillar of support. Thank you. We're all grateful for all the prayers and well wishes as he continues his recovery. Thank you so much. Our darling children, Nancy, Corinne, Christine, Jacqueline, Paul, and Alexandra, and our grandchildren, Alexandra and Madeline, Liam, Sean, and Ryan, Paul and Thomas, Bella and Octavio, they are the joys of our lives for whom we are, um, and we are so very, very proud of them and a comfort to us at this time. <laughs> And for my brilliant, dedicated, and patriotic staff, under the leadership of Terry McCullough, together, working together, the finest group of public servants the House has ever known. Thank you all so much. And again, for those who sent me here, for the people of San Francisco, for entrusting me with the high honor of being their voice in Congress. In this continued work, I will strive to honor the call of the patron saint of our city, St. Francis. Lord, make me an instrument of thy peace. In this house, we begin each day with a prayer and a pledge to the flag. And every day, I am in awe of the majestic miracle that is American democracy. As we participate in a hallmark of our republic, 
the peaceful orderly transition from one Congress to the next, let us consider the words of again, President Lincoln spoken during one of America's darkest hours. He called upon us to come together to swell the chorus of the union when once again touched as surely they will be by the better angels of our nature. That again is the task at hand. A new day is dawning on the horizon and I look forward always forward to the unfolding story of our nation, a story of light and love, of patriotism and progress, of many becoming one, and always an unfinished mission to make the dreams of today the reality of tomorrow. Thank you all. May God bless you and your families, and may God bless, continue to bless our veterans and the United States of America. Thank you all so much. Okay, so we have that there, and I know it's long, it's 15 minutes long, but that was Nancy Pelosi announcing she would not seek, she would not seek re-election to House leadership, because the House Republicans finally, like a week and a half after election night in the United States, finally got secured enough, enough, uh, enough, they got enough numbers or if they got they finally secured the majority to eighteen to win back to win back the majority of the United States House of Representatives. So Okay, so now we're gonna be talking about Nancy Pelosi's career as in the House thus far before she leaves thus far and leading into twenty twenty two midterm elections. So, her most, Pelosi's most memorable moments as Speaker by Jerry Gans. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's announcement Thursday, November 17th, 2022, that she will not seek a, that she will not seek a leadership position for House Democratic Caucus next, next session will end her 20-year her tenure as the top, dem, top Democrat in the body. Pelosi has been elemental in many key moments since she took over as House Democrats leader in 2003 and, and as House Speaker in 2007, serving multiple terms as Minority Leader and Speaker. She helped orchestrate landmark legislative accomplishments during the Obama and Biden administrations while working to hold her party composed moderate and progressive wings together, all together. together. She was also a trailblazer in her own right, becoming the first woman to hold seven di- different congressional leadership positions, including whip, minority leader, and speaker. Here are a few of Pelosi's most memorable, memorable moments of speaker. Becoming first female speaker of the House. Pelosi made history through several leadership positions she held in Congress. She was elected to her first leadership position in 2001 as a House Minority Whip, the first woman to hold her role. She nearly defeated Representative Steny Hoyer, a Democrat in Maryland, for job. Hoyer would, would eventually serve as House Majority Leader and work, and, would, and work closely with Pelosi in Democratic leadership. Pelosi succeeded Representative Dick Gebhardt, Democrat in Missouri, I think, and Mo, as House Minority Leader in 2002, after Gebhardt declined to run again to prepare for a run for presidency in 2004. She also became the first, Pelosi became the first woman in that role. Pelosi was, Pelosi was an easy choice for Democrats as House Speaker, after they won back the majority in the House in the 2006 midterm elections. She was chosen unanimously becoming the first woman and first Italian-American to serve as Speaker in 2007. Almost exactly, two, almost exactly 16 years after the party chose her to become Speaker, she announced her decision to not, to not to run for another term in the House leadership. Pelosi served as Speaker from 2007, from 2007, to, 2007 to 2011 and took a on the post beginning in 2019. 
she became the first person to serve nine consecutive terms as House Speaker since, since Sam Rayburn, Democrat of Texas, in the 1950s. Calling on Bush to reject plan to escalate Iraq involvement. Pelosi was an early opponent of the Iraq War, splitting from much of her own party and voting against the resolution that gave the Bush administration authorization to use military force in the, cent- in the country in 2002. She said, she, she, she said in her statement announcing her decision from vote she was not convinced that all diplomatic remedies had been exhausted and that had not seen events, evidence that Iraq posed an imminent threat to the United States. She continued her opposition to the war since she wanted to become speaker in 2007. When the Bush administration announced its plan for a surge in the number of troops present in Iraq, she and then Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid, the Democrat of Nevada, condemned the plan. They said the increase or delay the ability of the Iraqi government to take control of their own future after the removal of Saddam Hussein from power and, and that adding more combat troops would not contribute to success. They called for a shift in the U.S. mission from combat to training, logistics, force protection, and counterterrorism efforts, which President Obama eventually oversaw after he became president in 2009. Still, Pelosi refused to cut off funding for military operation in Iraq saying that she would not end financial support while U.S. soldiers remained in harm's way. She emphasized increased congressional oversight of how funds were being used, trying to strike a balance between more liberal and moderate members of the caucus. And then she helped pass the Affordable Care Act. The Affordable Care Act was one of the most significant legislative achievements of President Obama's administration, and Pelosi was a central figure in the legislature in the legislation, legislation getting passed. Numerous Democratic presidents, going back to Franklin Roosevelt, had proposed or advocated for some form of universal health care, but they either failed to get it passed or focused on other initiatives. Democrats made large gains in both houses, both houses of Congress, but they were one seat short of 60 vote short threshold needed to overcome it with a Republican filibuster. Obama wanted to achieve a sweeping overhaul of the nation's healthcare system. But his chief of staff, Ronald Emanuel, advised Obama to scale back his plans and try a much smaller bill. Pelosi rejected the idea, calling the smaller plan, Kitty Care. She became an architect of the final bill that ultimately passed working to make the necessary changes to give the bill for support it needed. One change included removal of federal funding for abortion, which Pelosi struggled with, but deemed necessary to get Democrats to oppose abortion to support the bill. After various agreements were reached, Congress passed the act and Obama signed it into law. The president called Pelosi one of the best speakers the House has ever had before he signed it. And then announcing the first impeachment inquiry into President Trump. Relations between Trump and congressional Democrats, in in part led by Pelosi, reached the most contentious point at the time after the House voted to impeach him in December 2019. Controversy swelled after reports indicated Trump had a phone call with Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky in July of that year. Which he press, in which Trump pressured Zelensky to launch an investigation to President Biden, then a candidate for presidency in 2020, and his son Hunter. Pelosi initiated a formal impeachment inquiry into Trump in September, following a whistleblower's co- complaint against Trump, leading to his impeachment. Pelosi oversaw the process in which all but three Democrats voted to impeach him for abuse of power, all but and all but four voted to impeach him for obstruction of con- Congress. All Republicans voted against the two articles, while former Representative Justin Amash of Michigan, who left the Republican Party and became an independent, voted for, voted for them. Trump became the, became the 
third president to be impeached. The, quote, the actions of the Trump presidency have revealed the dishonorable fact of the president's betrayal of his of office, betrayal of our national security, and betrayal of the integrity of our elections, Pelosi said in a statement after announcing the inquiry, tearing up Trump's State of Union address. Trump's 2020 State of Union address came at a tense moment, one day before the Senate was set to take its vote on the impeachment and charges against him. Trump appeared to be ignored closely after she reached out for a handshake before he began his speech. This was the first time the two of them had been in the same room since Pelosi walked out of the meeting with him in the White House the previous October. Trump called her a third-rate politician after the meeting. Pelosi often shook her head as Trump made reference to policies like healthcare and social security. But she received most attention for turning up a copy of her speech and half after at the conclusion of it. Quote, it was a courteous thing to do considering the alternatives, Pelosi told reporters after. Trump did not mention impeachment during his address, instead emphasizing his administration's policies. Emphasizing. Pelosi report, reported later called the speech manifesto of mistruths. And then a video of Pelosi clapping at, tw- at Trump during his 2019 State of Union at she spoke out about an end to revenge politics went by, also went viral, giving Pelosi much attention online. Respond to a chaos on January 6th. The position of House Speaker is not content- constitutionally responsible for certification of the House Electoral College results. That duty falls to the Vice President. But Pelosi was deeply involved in responding to the events of January 6, 2021 insurrection, when rioters hoping to stop the certification of storm for Capitol. After the rioters entered the Capitol, Congress passed its session to survive the votes, and Pelosi and other con- congressional leaders were taken to Fort McNair NAIR. For safety, while law enforcement tried to take control of the situation, video clips released by the House Select Committee investigating the attack showed Pelosi and Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, Democrat of New York, vigorously making urgent phone calls to multiple state and federal officials to send help. Pelosi, then Vice President Mike Pence, and other leaders also discussed the idea of continuing the certification process at Fort, Fort McNaughton. Pelosi repeatedly emphasized throughout the day that regardless of rioters, the certification process must continue. If they stop, quote, if they stop the proceedings, we will have totally failed, she said. Now they have plans to shut down. Speculation, speculation built up in the months leading up to the midterm elections at this year's whether Pelosi would continue to serve as speaker following for her on her previous promise from 2018 to step down after four more years in the role. Pelosi largely played, largely stayed quiet about her plans and deflected questions about before the election. She said the recent attack on her husband Paul would affect her plans but not would not say how so. Following the pl- pl- party's better than expected performance in midterms, causing the GOP to likely only win a narrow majority of the body. Some Democrats indicated that Pelosi was in a strong position to decide for herself what to do, and that she would continue to leave the caucus if she wished. Wished. Pelosi ultimately announced during her remarks on the House floor that she would not seek another term in leadership, but would stay in in her House seat representing her district saying that there is no greater official honor for me to, than to stand on this house floor and speak for people of San Francisco. Pelosi has been one of the, lo- one of the longest tenured house speakers in the body's history, likely to take a, men- on a mentorship role for the next generation of Democratic leaders. So, where is it?
And then I have one more article, and then I'm gonna analyze Nancy Pelosi uh, not seeking re-election in, in the House Democratic leadership. So, after two years, after almost two, from, from homemaker to House Speaker, Nancy Pelosi's time in Congress. After almost, after almost two decades leading the House Democratic Caucus, Speaker Nancy Pelosi announced on November 17th, 2022, that she will step down from her leadership role in the next congressional session. Pelosi became leader of the caucus in 2003, became the first female Speaker of the House in 2007. She has had two separate stints as House Speaker, Minority Leader, but has consistently been a face of the Democratic Party for a generation. Pelosi has overseen the passage of many major pieces of legislation during her tenure and it was often key to legislative successes of Obama and Biden administrations. She also made history on multiple occasions, became, becoming the first woman to serve in the several of positions she held. Quote, when I first became, when I first came to the floor at six, at six years old, never would I have thought that someday I would go from homemaker to house speaker, she said during her remarks. Although she no longer hold, hold a leadership position, Pelosi will keep her, her seat in the House to guide the next generation of leaders. Here's a timeline of Pelosi's career in Congress from her first election to announcement Thursday on November 17, 2022. 1987 Nancy Pelosi, who served as chairwoman of the California Democratic Party from 1981 to 1983, wins a special election in June to fill the remainder of the term of Representative Sarah Burton, who died in office. She easily prevails in the heavily Democratic district, receiving more than 67% of the vote. She more nearly defeated a San Francisco city supervisor in the primary in April. Pelosi was 47. Pelosi was 47 years old in 1987. 1989, Pelosi sponsors legislation in the aftermath of the Tiananmen Square Massacre in Beijing to allow Chinese students in the United States at the time to be able to speak permanent resident to seek permanent residence without returning home first. The House approved the bill unanimously. The Senate approved it by forced vote, but then President George H. H.W. Bush vetoed it, reasoning that he already planned to use his executive powers to give the students the protection, protections the bill would offer. The Chinese government also threatened to cut off future students, student exchanges if the bill became law. The House voted to override Bush's veto, but the Senate fell a few short votes short of necessary two-thirds majority. Pelosi would be a strong advocate for human rights in China throughout her career. 1990, when the housing opportunities for persons with AIDS programs grows to infect following advocacy from Pelosi. The program, which Congress approved as part of the National Affordable Housing Act of 1990 to provide affordable housing for low-income people with HIV and AIDS. The legislation is one of Pelosi's first legislative features, and she becomes she becomes a proponent of providing protection funding to help people living with virus. 1991, the provision of legislation that became becomes known as the Pelosi Amendment goes into effect. The amendment, which was approved in 1989, requires International financial institutions, including the World Bank, to allow the assessment of environmental impacts of proposed loans. It also instructs U.S. representatives on the board of boards of these institutions to vote against any loans not subject to this public scrutiny. 1993, Pelosi began serving on the House Intelligence Committee where she would serve for a decade, making her the longest serving member in House Committee's history. She served at the committees as the committee's ranking member in 2000-2003, continue, and continues to serve as an ex 
special member after. Nineteen ninety six, President Bill Clinton signs a bill into law to preserve the precedent of San Francisco following a multi year effort from Pelosi. The precedent was a military post from seventeen seventy six until the army closed and closed it in nineteen ninety four, transferring it to the jurisdiction of the National Park Service and putting its feature in jeopardy. The legislation creates a public private partnership to preserve the park and allow it to become financially self-sufficient. Flores initially sponsored a bill to provide funding for the park in 1994 and it passed the House but failed in the Senate. The effort to pass the bill was renewed for imminent session of Congress, which was controlled by GOP and was unsuccessful. Flores helped to secure more than $300 million in federal funding for trust which was set to be financially independent by 2013. 2001, Pelosi is elected as House Minority Whip. The highest rank a woman had ever reached in Congress at the time. She nearly defeated Representative Stanley Hoyer, with whom she would work closely in Democratic leadership to win for all, which she assumes early the next year in 2002. In 2002, Pelosi splits with then-House Minority Leader Dick, Dick Gebhardt, Democrat in Missouri, I believe, and much, and much of her own party in voting against, against the resolution authorizing the Bush administration to take part in military action in Iraq. Serving as ranking member of the Intelligence Community, she said, Committee, she said, she said she did not see any evidence of or intelligence that Iraq posed, posed an imminent threat to the United States. She remains a strong opponent of war as they continues. 2002, 2002, again 2002, Pelosi is elected House Minority Leader, first woman to hold the role. After Gephardt declines to run for leadership again, Pettis planned 2004 person to run. She went with an overwhelming number of caucus members supporting her bid. 2005, Pelosi successfully organizes an almost anonymous Democratic opposition to block George W. Bush's plan to privatize Social Security. Bush put forward reforming the program as his top domestic priority days after winning the 2004 presidential election. Bush mentioned the plan in his 2005 State Union address and said that he planned to use the political capital he gained from his re-election on this initiative. But Pelosi and Democrats rallied opposition from the American people to the plan. Polls showed widespread disapproval of Bush's plan, and the president eventually pulled the idea. 2007, Pelosi is elected the first female Speaker of the House after Democrats pick up more than 30 seats in the body to win the majority. Democrats unanimously chose her as the nominee exactly, almost exactly 16 years before her announcement on November 17, 2022, that she would step down from party, from party leadership. She also became the first Italian-American to be elected speaker. 2010, President Obama signed the Affordable Care Act, one of the most significant significant legislative accomplishments of his presidency into law. Pelosi was essential in gathering enough votes for legislation to pass, working for most to win over the necessary support from members of the liberal and more conservative Democrats. Obama said before signing the bill into law that Pelosi was one of the best speakers for how, that the House has ever had. 2011 Pelosi becomes, becomes minority leader for a second time after Democrats lose control of the House. She fended off a challenge from a conservative Democrat to remain the leader of caucus. 2016-2017 Pelosi holds on to her position leading House Democrats despite some talks of placing her after the party lost multiple House special elections in a row. 
She defended her record at a press conference and abilities as a master legislator and strategic politically, politically astute leader. 2019, Pelosi becomes House Speaker for a second time after Democrats regained the majority in the House following to, to 2018 midterms. Some Democrats expressed interest in Pelosi stepping aside and the party movement into a new generation of leaders, but she made a deal with them that she would, she would not serve more than four years as Speaker. The House in 2019 also, the House approved two articles of impeachment against Pre- President Trump, abuse of power and obstruction of Congress following investigation into a phone call he made with Ukrainian President Zelensky in July of that year. Trump was ultimately acquitted of the charges of the Senate, the United States Senate. 2020, Pelosi tears up, up a copy of Trump's State of Union address after he finishes delivering it, gaining widespread attention. She told reporters after it was the courteous thing to do given the alternatives. Trump appeared to ignore, ignore Pelosi's offer for handshake earlier. Speech and came in the Senate as the Senate was in the midst of Trump's impeachment trial. 2021, Pelosi called on Trump to resign in the aftermath of the January 6, 2021 instruction, promising to begin impeachment proceedings if he did not do so or if he was or if he was not removed by the cabinet under the 25th Amendment to the Constitution. After Trump did not step down and his cabinet did not remove the House the House impeachment for a second time, with all Democrats and 10 Republicans voting in favor. Majority of, a majority of the Senate voted in favor of convicting him for a charge of inciting violence, but the body did not reach the required two-thirds majority need for conviction. Often 2021, Pelosi maintains her role as House Speaker after Democrats lose seats in that body in the 2020 elections, but keep a majority. She leads Democrats, House Democrats in passing major legislative accomplishments from the Biden administration, including the American Rescue Plan to fight against the impacts of COVID-19 pandemic and the Bipartisan Infrastructure Investment Package. This year, 2022, Pelosi became the highest-ranking U.S. official to visit Taiwan as Beijing, Beijing steps up its threats against towards the self-governing island. She previously visited in, in 1999 as House member. She maintained that visit did not violate one China policy, in which the U.S. only recognizes Beijing as le- le- legitimate Chinese government but considers Taiwan's status to be uncertain. And then also this year, Pelosi announces Pelosi announces she will not run for another term in the House Democratic leadership, but will remain in Congress representing the House District. Okay, so I know we talked a lot about Nancy Pelosi today in this episode. It's important. She's a historical figure in American politics and in more America and the world and just America in general because she's done so much for our country that she deserves to be honored in some way. Maybe President Biden will be honoring her with some. Maybe she's already been honored with President Meadow or Freedom or something. But she has some type of recognition. And praise to her and God for giving us. Nancy Pelosi, even though she's a divisive and controversial times figure, she's done a lot for a country. She helped, uh, she served as minority, minority whip, majority whip, House Speaker. She served in Congress since 1987, and, or, or, and, or 1989, I believe. And she's done so much, she helped, uh, she helped get enough of her Democratic uh, caucus members into line for to to help secure the went the legislative win of of what we now know as Obamacare or the Affordable Care Act. 
the ACA and laws that President former then President President Obama could sign into law, which is a great accomplishment. And I don't know, I disagree with her. She definitely did get enough votes for the infrastructure bill with President Biden, which was a great a thing I believe in. Even as a conservative Republican, I I am as myself. Now I'm not so sure about the other things that she helped secure during this so far thus far in the Biden administration, like the COVID American Rescue Plan. Maybe not all that's good, and the Build Back Better Plan, or whatever the recent bills that President Biden has signed to law. But I would tell that she is a great leader. I mean, even though she's fired several times, and she she's certainly not the best leader that we could have had at the time in the, in the 2000s, early 2000s, and more recent years. She did her job, and she really did with dignity. I mean, even though even some Republicans are coming out who are serving in Congress, who have served in Congress, are coming out and saying, that she's she's a great person. Like she she, she treats uh, children with respect, and I mean, I'm not saying she won or anything, but she's a great human being, even though she may be divisive. So we have to respect that. Now she, I wonder how she figured out that she not retired in Congress, that she would not retired in Congress, but yet she would stay in Congress despite her despite her party losing the majority. In Congress this year, in this in this year's November eighth, twenty twenty two midterm elections. Because to me, the thinking is, if if your party lead uh, loses the leadership, then how is how do you how do you go about that? Just trying to stay in Congress despite despite your party losing majority, and your party has had has wanted you to step down as leader. So that new generation of Democrats could, could step forward and leave the party into a new generation of leaders. And hopefully that will be more for Biden to step down as well. We hope. I mean, I hope Biden will step down and will leave politics altogether, hopefully, in the, in the next, like, 10 or 15 years, hopefully. Or even sooner, maybe, if he doesn't, if he doesn't. Now it's uh, he's going to run for president, which I hope he doesn't. So I think the Democratic Party needs some new generation of leaders, especially within, within for a new press Democratic president, like Elizabeth Warren or somebody. I don't know, but it's just interesting to think about how Nancy Pelosi, not, uh, how she came to my, that mind of deciding that she will not seek, uh, she will not seek re-election for a House leadership. House Democratic leadership role because it's like how do you stay how do you stay in Congress as just being there so you can lead the new generation of lead of House Democratic leaders despite you've been in Congress for like over thirty years since nineteen eighty seven or eighty nine that's over two I mean she I don't know but I think there should be term limits and that's when term limits should be placed on. Leaders like Pelosi. San Francisco needs something new, some new fresh blood. Like, not, I hate when I'm saying new blood, but it's just metaphorically new blood when you say new blood. But I mean, like, they need a new person representing them, and they haven't had that since 1987 or 89, 1987, when Nancy Pelosi was elected to the United States House of Representatives. So I think it's about time that they elect someone new. And I don't know when that's going to happen, but I hope it's soon. Because I hope Nancy Pelosi will retire soon, within the next five to ten years, I hope. So I think her, her district needs somebody new. They got a, they've got a new DA in San Francisco, San Francisco earlier this year. Or I think maybe it was last, last year or this year. They got a new DA, district attorney. And it's really, they maybe, I just, I mean, I'm, I live outside of outside of California. So I always say about where I live, because I don't want to tell anybody where I live or anything, but that's just me. 
And I cannot say I'm Californian because I was never born in California. So it's hard to say that without saying, you know, oh, I just, I'm just expressing my feelings about how maybe California versus people in San Francisco should need a new representative in Congress instead of Nancy Pelosi. Because she's been, she's been in Congress for a long time. If she really would think about her, how everything affects her, she would really step down. But I don't know if she really fears about that way. That way, she probably fears about that she needs to serve the America's children, America's children, and America's children, as she said in her re-election speech. I run. I am Congress for our children, our children, our children. So. With all that being said, Nancy Pelosi is staying in Congress for now. She's not going to be in a House Democratic leadership position because she's, she's expressed that she needs, the Democratic Party needs a new leadership in the House Democrats, the House, in the House Democratic Party, in the House, Dem, in the House Democratic leadership or uh, people, and she's willing to let them take over. Especially Hakeem Jeffries, I believe, and I think Kathleen Clark, I believe, and maybe Stanley Horror, maybe Jim Clyburn. I don't know. We'll see. So that will be something to watch out for eventually soon. So, thought with all that being said, thank you for listening to this political podcast. I truly hope you learned something about United States politics and about politics in general. We'll listen to this episode. Again, thanks for listening. I hope you have a great day today. And all in the future, hope you have a great future ahead of you. No matter what happens, don't listen to other critics in life. Listen to yourself. For the most part, I hope.